0: Welcome to the Luke Messias show. President Donald Trump has endorsed David Covey against Dade Phelan. We have a little bit of a battle going on for the future of the Republican Party inside the party. We're going to talk about the race for chair, as well as new polling that came out in Dade Phelan's district that shows he is very vulnerable. But we're also going to talk about last night's election, special election in House District 2, and the message that that needs to send to conservatives across the state. Let's get to the show. Yesterday morning, Texans united for a conservative majority PAC, um, a PAC that is led by Chad Schumake, former Republican Party of Texas political director, released a poll in Dade Phelan's district. And this poll revealed uh, something that, and we've talked to y'all about polling in Dade Field's district for quite some time. There has been, there's been a trend in Dade's district of just consistent problems that he has. This guy has spent over $1.5 million on his reelection campaign so far, screaming television ads, mailers, door knockers. I mean, he sent like 30 mailers to his district. You know, wall to wall television, radio spots, all screaming that he's the most conservative speaker in Texas history and that he's just done all these awesome conservative things. The problem is that the people in this district don't seem to believe him. And I'm very grateful for that because he's not being honest with them about the type of speaker that he is. Here's what the poll revealed in his current primary. Eighty-five percent of the the you know expected primary voters in that election have a favorable opinion of Donald Trump. Thirteen percent have a negative opinion. Those thirteen percent are definitely Dade's friends. Fifty-eight percent. Of Republican voters have a positive opinion of Ken Paxton, and 22% have a negative opinion of him. Dade Phelan, however, is underwater. 36% of Republicans in that district approve of Dade Phelan, and 47% disapprove. Now, understand, he's been outspending his critics and his opponents two or three or four to one. It's hard to even track how much he's spending. But he's vastly outspending people, and yet... More people in that district have an unfavorable opinion of him than a favorable opinion. And then the question is, do you have a favorable opinion of David Covey, one of his opponents? And 40% of voters there say they have a favorable opinion, and 12% say they have an unfavorable opinion. And then it says, do you have a favorable or unfavorable opinion of Alicia Davis, his other opponent? And 19% say they like her, and 9% say they don't have a favorable opinion of her. And then when the ballot is tested, if the election were held today, no information, no pushing, just ballots held today, election, how are you going to vote? 28% for Dade Phelan, 35% for David Covey, and 14% for Alicia Davis. Now, this poll indicates something that we've been talking about for a while, which is that Dade has represented, he he is governed a little bit more like Joe Strauss, than his district wants him to. And his district is nothing like Joe Strauss's district. He can't have the, Demoqu- the Democrat, Democrat, I don't know where that came from. He cannot have the same Democrat cooperation that Joe Strauss did. But the people in his district are very, very, very conservative. So they're pretty upset at the way he's governing. Within a couple hours of Chad releasing that, poll. Donald Trump came in and endorsed David Covey. I'm not implying that that poll, you know, caused this. I think Donald Trump has been very critical of Dade Phelan for a very, very, very long time. But it's very exciting to see him come in. Here's what he said. David Covey is running against Dade Phelan, the Speaker of the Texas House of Representatives, who led the fraudulent impeachment of the recently reelected in a landslide Attorney General of Texas Ken Paxton. David is an America first conservative who will secure the border, restore election integrity, protect our families and military slash vets, and defend our under siege Second Amendment. Last week, Dade Phelan said, I voted for President Trump twice for president, is what Dade said, by the way. I voted for President Trump twice for president, and I'm going to vote for him a third time. I think he's going to be the nominee. Words, however, Do not mitigate the absolute embarrassment speaker feeling inflicted upon the state of Texas and our great Republican Party. Therefore, David Covey has my complete and total endorsement for the Texas 21st State House District. He will never let you down. This is President Trump's first endorsement in state legislative races. And... It's a win for conservatives who have been building this case against the problems in the Texas House. And so you should be encouraged. But one of the things I actually tweeted this out when this came out, and this will be a little bit of a segue into House District 2 special. I said the grassroots should be encouraged and also know that the Austin Swamp is about to spend more money than you have ever seen to keep these liberal Republicans in power. So. When you see. Good things happening. The tendency is to kind of get really confident. And this is one of the things I've just been very concerned. I'm almost what I tell people is I'm concerned with the fact that I feel good about the upcoming Republican primary because there are a lot of good candidates. I've gone through this on the show. There's people stepping up, there's conservative activists, more grassroots people are engaged. Ken Paxton's going across the state. Greg Abbott in these school choice races is going in against some of these bad incumbents. Dan Patrick has made a handful of endorsements. Sid Miller's been very active. There's a lot of good things happening that Republican voters will be, I think, affected by and moved by in a positive direction. News and analysis on what's happening in Texas. End your day with daily headlines from Texas Scorecard. Every day at 5 p.m., join me, Brandon Waltons, as we recap the biggest stories of the day and talk about why they matter to you. From the state capitol to town hall, there's no shortage of events happening. Keep up with it all. Watch and subscribe to daily headlines from Texas Scorecard. Last night was a special election in House District 2. Now, it is always important to understand that conservatives historically do pretty darn bad in special elections. Drew Springer got elected in a special election against Shelley Luther by courting a bunch of Democrats to come into the special election. With special elections, it's not a Republican primary. There's not a Democrat primary the Democrats vote in and a Republican primary that Republicans vote in, right? Right. And by the way, just a reminder, in Texas, we have open primaries. Nikki Haley, even her team, is literally saying one of the reasons they feel better about Texas is they can try to get more Democrats to vote in the upcoming primary. And those Democrats, when they come out to vote for Nikki Haley, are going to be casting ballots for the most liberal Republicans in the state legislature. But in a special election, it's even worse because there is no Democrat primary. So Democrats come out and vote and they cast votes for the most liberal republican. This not only happened with Drew Springer in the state senate, it happened with Jake Elzey against Susan Wright for Congress. Susan Wright was endorsed by all the republicans. She was the widow of Ron Wright who had served that district well. President Donald Trump came in and campaign, you know, gave her an endorsement and went all in for her and Jake Elzey won. How? well, Murphy-NASCA and this group of Austin establishment guys literally went in and got a bunch of Democrats to come out and vote in the election. And the exact numbers are unknown because people who voted on election day, we won't know exactly who voted on election day, but even just some of the modeling that I was looking at after early voting showed over 500 Democrats voting early. Now, what does that mean? I mean, like, literally, I think... uh, Brent Money was up by 144 or 44 votes after 55 votes after early voting, okay? Um, And then he lost by 111 votes or 107. There were so many numbers going on last night when I was looking at it. But he was up by 55 or 44 at the end of early voting. And then he lost the election by like 107 or 111. The point is, it was a very close election. And... It is undeniable that Democrats came in and helped elect Jill Dutton. Literally last night, it was funny because uh, Scott Braddock, who runs the Quorum Report, came out and said, well, how do you know these Democrats weren't coming out and voting for Brent Money? And then like, there are literally Democrats replying to him being like, I voted for Jill Dutton. I came out and voted in this election. So the Democrats were having a ball last night. They're like, hey, we got this liberal Republican elected in this Republican district. And that's what they do. That's what they've done for a long time. That's what we've always fought against. Now, the good news about HD2 is that there is still a Republican primary coming in March. Literally, you know, people start mailing in their ballots in a couple weeks and then early voting and the primary. So there is still ample opportunity. And some of those Democrats are going to probably go home and vote in the March Democrat primary. And even if they don't, there are a lot more Republicans that are going to come out and vote in the upcoming Republican primary. The other thing to realize is that Associated Republicans of Texas and Texans for lawsuit reform were dumping hundreds of thousands of dollars in this race in the final 20 days. And when I say hundreds, I mean like $300,000. And the Austin Swamp made sure that Jill Dutton spent over $1.1 million in this election. $1.1 million for a state house seat. Why? Because their power is more threatened today than it ever has been. They know that their speaker is in real trouble. They know that some of these school choice races are not likely to go their way. And they are realizing that if, if that's all that happens, now that's a big thing. You should not take any of those things for granted. And none of this could happen. But let's say some of these school choice targets are successful. What Texans for Laws to Reform, Associated Republicans of Texas, and a bunch of other Austin donors who are the esta- of the establishment wing of the GOP realize is that they might not be able to kill school choice next session, but they need to make sure that the same group of more moderate establishment House Republicans, the Dade, Feelin, Dennis, Bonin crew, still run the Texas House. So when it comes to these special elections in HD2, even if the governor decides to go with Brent Money, even if Ted Cruz goes with Brent Money or various things like that happen, they have to still come in and spend $300,000 in 20 days because- They need to make sure that that same group of kind of corrupt people are running the Texas House. And that's what's at stake. So if you're taking anything for granted, if you're sitting there in your district thinking, man, things are feeling great. And you don't realize that they are going to do every single thing they can to try to keep every single one Of these bad Republicans in power, then you are underestimating the extent to which the Austin Swamp recognizes its own vulnerability and is geared up for a big, massive, huge war. That war is also playing out in the Republican Party of Texas. Dr. Dana Myers announced at the Texas Federation of Republican Women that she is running for the position of chair. And in that she literally is saying, you know, there's, there's just too many divisions in the party. Now, this is kind of a common establishment line. There's too many divisions in our party. And often, moderates will launch their campaigns to end division. They launch their divisive campaigns to end division, which I always think is kind of ironic. There's too much division, therefore, I'm challenging our chair and dividing our party. Okay, well, then why is division. You know, conservatives have always recognized that there's division in the party. That's actually something we understand. It's a reality. There are some in our party that want to get Democrats to vote in the primary to help them stay in power. The AFL-CIO endorsed one Republican yesterday, Dade Phelan, for re-election, the only Republican they endorsed. That You know what? There's a division in our party. That's what happens. See, Some party chairmen in the past end up acting more like cheerleaders for the elected class. And that's what they want. The elected class want a state chair that will get up and say, Republicans are awesome. Yay. Clap, 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 clap. And that's all they do. They cover for them. And then in return, they make sure that the party has as much money as it needs. They tell all their donors give to them. They tell all the lobbyists get the corporate sponsorships over to their party. They're doing the good work the party's supposed to do, covering for us. Matt Rinaldi came in. Alan West did this. Said that's not our job. And when they did, all of the moderate donors, the establishment donors, the corporate donors said, "Screw the party." And yet, Rinaldi has still been able to raise money to ensure that the party is staying where it needs to stay, established, strong, keeping his presence, building out the infrastructure, helping the grassroots, And then what you're going to have is you're going to have all these establishment people saying, well, you know, we'd have a lot more money in the party if we would have somebody like Dana Myers, who, by the way, is saying that fundraising is part of her priorities, but I haven't seen her raise any money for the party. She's the vice chair of the party, not raising money for the party, probably because it's too conservative for her. So she doesn't like the current party because it's being conservative and fighting liberal Republicans in her party as well as Democrats. So she's not raising money for that party, but if the party becomes kind of this cheerleading squad, then she'll raise money for it. It's sad. Conservatives need to understand this going into the convention, and I've talked about this. If you have not been to a Republican state convention, you need to go. It is incredibly important. Go and participate. You need to be there. The reality is that moderates and establishment groups are organizing to get as many bad Republicans to the convention as possible because they want to weaken our platform. They want to weaken the strength of the SREC. They want a new chair. They want a new vice chair. They want everything to change in a way that puts things back where they want them to be. Matt Rinaldi actually came out and endorsed Donald Trump and, and reiterated that he's behind David Covey a day before Donald Trump came in for David Covey and then said, Dr. Myers, like, will you please join me? If the whole thing is let's unite, then let's unite. We're both with Donald Trump. And we both think that the one guy that the Texas AFLC IO supports shouldn't be leading the Republicans in the Texas house. And Dr. Dannemeyer said Texas Republicans, myself included, have been staunch supporters of real Donald Trump long before Matt Rinaldi. Matt Rinaldi's late and desperate endorsement. Ooh. Then she said, what's truly disappointing is Matt's focus on party division and willingness to ignore the grassroots. It's time for a change. Kind of funny. So I'm not going to endorse David Covey with you and Donald Trump. I'm going to stay out so Dade Phelan knows I'm I'm safe. If I'm the state chair, by the way, Dade Phelan didn't even come to the convention last time because he knew the grassroots were running the party. Dr. Dana Myers is like, I'm staying out of this race. That way these guys know wink, wink, nod, nod. I'm better, which means when I get in power, you can tell all your donors to give the party money again. And then she says, it's sad that he's divisive when she just launched a campaign against him. So it's funny to watch. You're going to continue to see these forces coalesce and push as hard as they can to see if they can't um, take over the party and and put the party back into the hands of people that will act more as cheerleaders for the elected class than they will voices to uh, amplify the grassroots and the Republican activists across the state who know that who know what time it is in Texas and know what we need to do. Guys, a lot of good stuff is going on across the state. I am glad for the news that has come out this week and the coalitions that continue to get built and Republican voters' eyes that continue to be opened. But if you do not, if you underestimate the Austin Swamp, it is at your own peril. So don't do it. That's my encouragement for you today. Stay focused. Do what you know you need to do, what you're called to do. Spend your time, talent, treasure, trying to fight to save Texas because that's what it's all about. May God bless you, and may God bless the great state of Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messias Show. To find out more information about what's going on here in Texas, visit texasscorecard.com.